Homestyle Green, episode 80. Did you think earth building was a thing of the past? Well, it is. But could it also be a thing of the future? G'day, Matthew Cutler-Welsh here for another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, what do you think of when you hear the term earth building? Well, for me, it kind of conjures up, or it did conjure up, images of ancient buildings of earth, kind of dwellings and barren landscapes, and and generally people who are pretty hard done by and, and don't really have much else to build with. Well, that certainly is the case for quite a few people, but it can be a really beautiful and modern building material. And I spoke with someone this week who's all about making that true for more people here in New Zealand. Now, before we get into the, to today's show, uh, I should also have a, a shout out to our sponsors who I'm really grateful for because we uh, do come to you free and I like to think that this information is helpful for people um, and for us to be able to continue bringing you the show for free it's uh, it's great to have people like Nudora on board now I've mentioned some of the uh, advantages of Nudora in the past in past episodes but uh, if you'd like to find out more then head on over to energyefficientbuilding.co.nz and there's a whole wealth of information over there you can also find Nudora on Facebook and also on Twitter and you can find Homestyle Green on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, well, I'm on Twitter as M Cutler Welsh. And I'd love it if you headed over to facebook.com slash Homestyle Green. Say day, maybe post a question, uh, leave a comment. It'd be great to uh, get some more activity going on over there because I'd love to get some uh, some feedback about the show. And also if you've got any challenges that you're up against as well, we can, we can answer them on the show or, or put them out to the the network and see if we can get some answers for you. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like more information, then head on over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 80, that's eight zero. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Verena. I've got uh, Verena Maida here on the line who has been earth building since she was 16 years old and has been running her own business for 12 years and is actually the chair of earth building association of new zealand now a lot of people probably weren't even aware that we we had an earth building association of new zealand but you've been in that role for for five years Verena. yes yeah Hi, so to take us back to the the start 16 when you were 16 years old and does that what happened then that um led you to be doing what you're doing now so when I was 16, I came on student exchange to Nelson um, from Switzerland. Uh-huh. And I ended up living on a farm uh, just out of Nelson in Todd's Valley. Um, doing a, It was a wolf scheme, so I was working in exchange for board and going to school at the same time. Yep. And our neighbors, uh, Richard and Bella Walker, were um, they're actually one of the first uh, people to build load-bearing modern earth buildings in New Zealand and they were our neighbours so I just ended up visiting them for the first time and just coming into their earth building and uh, it was basically love at first sight. 
just with the building. Like, yeah, yeah. It was really quite weird uh, being 16 and all. Um, just the texture of the walls and how the whole building felt was just amazing. And um, I ended up doing an earth building course with them. Uh-huh. And then when I went back to Europe, I just started researching into earth building and found that there is earth building traditions in pretty much every country. Um, and that, yeah, Europe has got a very rich uh, earth building tradition. So I just um, carried on um, getting hands-on experience and, and researching and um, trying out different techniques. Yeah. Where, what, did you, what, what did your family think when you, when you came to New Zealand and you, you told them that you'd fallen in love but with a building? <laughs> um, at the time, there was no real training for earth builders. So they basically just said that it's not possible to be passionate about that because it doesn't really exist. And right. there was – yeah. But really, I mean, half of the world's population still lives or works in earth buildings. And it's just a matter of finding that out again and re- rediscovering that rich tradition and heritage. And um, I think they came around to it. It was – a bit hard because there was no real training in it. So I ended up studying architecture, right? Um, which was not really what I wanted to do, but it was a good foundation and it was something proper. Uh, but I, I then ended up um, changing to building biology and building ecology with a focus on earth building. And that course recognized earth building. It was right. actually, yeah, it was actually a bit sad timing because I, I studied at the um, Swiss um, technical Institute in Zurich mm-hmm. and just before I my, started my studies there was a, 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 a profession, professor in um, structural design at that uni which was researching into earth building but he retired and then the next professor was not into it and now I hear that one of the real, my big superstars is teaching at that same school, uh, Martin Rauch, who does rammed earth. So I just missed out. I was ah, just in between. Yeah. You, you, you had the gap. Yeah. And then the... yeah, I just hit the gap. <laughs> I just basically taught myself by volunteering right. on, on building sites. Yeah. Now, you said that half the world's population still live in earth building. Is that so around the world, half of... Yeah, it's sort of estimated like between a third and half live or work in earth buildings, and that's traditional earth buildings or or modern earth buildings. So it's it's quite a big number. That's that's massive. It's massive. Yeah. Why is there such a gap between that number, which is what three billion people yeah. or three and a half, um, and the perception that a lot of people have. I mean, a lot of people would never have seen an earth build, a building or particularly a house. Why yeah. is there such a big gap there? I mean, one thing is that sometimes uh, you don't know that it is an earth building. You might see them but not right. recognize them as such. Yep. Um, and the other thing is that, I mean, that number is made up of a lot of buildings that are in the third world countries. So... Yeah. Um, Especially in Western countries, there has been a revival of earth buildings, um, of earth building traditions, uh, mainly driven by um, the desire to, you know, tread lightly on the environment and Mm. and just um, work with a building material that is really natural and stuff. But I think the problem with earth building is that it has often lent itself as a building readily available building materials in times of crisis or hardship. Right. So... There has been a big revival after the world wars, for example, in Europe. And then as soon as times get better, 
people sort of turn away from it because it reminds them of poor times. Right. So it's got yeah. a, a stigma a attached stigma, to it. A stigma to it, yeah. So a stigma of poor or stigma of crisis and having to use local materials. But transcending from that um, and looking at, you know, the global crisis we are in at the moment with climate change and resource scare, scarcity and so forth, um, people sort of come back to it as and realise that it is actually quite a good building material that has stood the test of time and has many advantages. So and it is beautiful and, you know, very adapted to local conditions and cheap. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about some of those advantages more because I'm guessing that um, you've been doing this for t- 10 years, uh, 12 years here in New Zealand, and I'm imagining that a lot of those clients aren't doing it uh, an earth building because they have to because of oh. um, scarcity of um, resource, or perhaps in some cases they are. But what what are the main advantages, or why would someone um, consider earth building in New Zealand and and possibly Australia as well? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think New Zealand and Australia are quite different. Um, okay. I'll just start with New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and just from my own experience uh, with clients, it is you can't say it is a certain type of person that chooses them. We've had a very wide range of people that were attracted to the building material and often they like to look. So it is a very solid look. Yep. Um, often the buildings look quite rustic, but I'm sort of trying to educate them that that doesn't need to be that way because I'm sort of coming from a ba- European background and a lot of the modern earth buildings in Europe are very swish. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look very slick. Yep. Um, but it's often um, aesthetical considerations and slowly and, – and the other consideration is uh, passive solar um, design and um, thermal mass that stores heat inside yep. the building. Um, I, I sort of have – you know, over the years I've tried to educate people about other advantages like – what I probably love most about the material is that it is really, really dry and it has the amazing ability to, to dehumidify interiors. So um, an earth building is just a really dry, healthy living environment that is not toxic, doesn't have any mildew and, and so forth. So having earth inside your home is, is a really good choice. Yep. Um, some of the older earth buildings in New Zealand, you know, you have the full load bearing walls, um, which is, is cool. It's a very simple um, technique and the homes look nice and solid. And that's what people wanted at the time. But um, you have to, if you have those load bearing walls, you have to make sure that the, the outside of the wall is protected from the elements. So I try to, you know, t- say to people, choose earth because it is healthy, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of the looks or on the outside of the house. You know, if you ha- have to make a choice, bring it inside your living environment as a first choice above all else. So do you mean by protecting it, does it have to be covered? Um, no. I mean, there's in New Zealand, we're really fortunate. We've got the Earth Building Standards, and they got developed um, by members of the Earth Building Associations in, in the 90s. and. Yep published in 98. So if you follow those design s- standards, um, there is a section in there that prescribes overhang, you know, like the, the 
size of overhang to wall height ratio, depending on exposure of, of like how exposed your home is. Mm -hmm. So you would have some protective, um, constructive weather protection to your walls, like a veranda or a, a roof overhang. Yep. Um, just to cut down on the amount of driving rain that the walls receive. Um, or you could, if you didn't want that, you would put a cladding or a rain screen on or a lime plaster. But um, the earth building I work with is not not stabilized, so we don't use cement. Right. Um, but, yeah. And even if you use cement, you still have to protect the walls from excessive moisture because it is a porous material and you don't want to have the situation where the walls get wet, especially in conjunction with frost. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So typically we're talking quite large overhangs, big eaves, verandas all the way around, that sort of No, design? not necessarily. You know, it's maybe on the weather side, you could respond with a winter garden or something like that, or you would have a veranda on your exposed side. It doesn't need to be all the way around. You, you okay. sort of can respond uh, to the local conditions. Right. Um, yeah. And it's not, you know, like the the overhangs range between 600 and then a full width veranda um overhang type scenario um yep. so you, you, you traditionally they say you know you need a good hat and, and good boots for an yeah. earth which is and good then, strategy for any house really yeah, yeah it is <laughs> totally you know and um i mean a lot of the historic buildings that we have in in new zealand that are earth buildings have zero overhang and some of them still stand so it it, it speaks for the durability of the material but you see that they have been have weathered, so a lot. Of, you know, you don't want that in a modern building. You don't want to have the maintenance and that. Sure. Yeah. Now, um, you touched on a few things there. Tell us about load bearing. It, so, there is different two different um, general design philosophies for earth building houses. Yep. So you have uh, techniques that, that can be used in load bearing situations, and mm -hmm. then you have infill earth building materials um, and for load bearing you can for example use mud bricks or rammed earth or a technique a wet technique called cob yeah where you build walls that according to standards are a minimum of 280 uh, millimeters wide but often they are wider than that right and they and they can support at least the weight of the roof but often also an ups, uh, a timber framed upstairs so they're yeah, earth is, is really good on compression. You have to pay attention to the tensile strength a, mm -hmm. a bit, like with concrete. Mm -hmm. um, and then the non-load-bearing techniques, there's lots of different ones, but you can have a, a, a big timber frame with light earth infill, or you can have a lattice work where you put called what would use a technique called wattle and daub, where you smear a clay mix onto a lattice work, which traditionally has been used a lot in Germany for the Riegelbau, um, those, and then, you know, those um, traditional timber frame homes. Is that where you see the the black frame with the, the sort yeah. of white? Um, yeah, the white it? is a lime wash or a lime plaster yeah. over the earth, yeah. So, you know, like very different techniques. If you look at buildings, for example, in Morocco compared to buildings in Germany, they look quite different, but they're built from similar materials and you offer the the range of those through um your solid earth business we mainly focus on mud brick because mud brick is accommodated in the earth building standards and it is um probably one of the 
easier techniques that also lends itself to owner builders and mm-hmm. lay people to learn. But we can do all other techniques as well. Apart from rammed earth, we are not set up for rammed earth and I'm not really strong enough for rammed earth. So, like just a pneumatic ramming is a bit much right. for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But the other, we do cob and what on daub, um, light earth infill as well. Is there anywhere climatically in New Zealand that would not be suited to solid earth or, or adobe construction? Um, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, probably in the very cold climates, I would, um, I just probably have to just step back a little bit and um, explain about traditionally in, in New Zealand, we have so, like heavy earth building construction, like mm-hmm. rammed earth and mud brick are quite a heavy construction. So the R values are not that good. Um, if you look at the static R value, if you look at the dynamic R value where you allow the wall to warm up over a cycle with sunshine and so or heat, they perform well. So um, some of the historic buildings are not, you know, they say they're cool in summer and warm in winter. They're just sort of cool. You know, they're not cold, cold, but if they don't, if they're not allowed to absorb solar gain, um, they just sort of even out the temperature and they stay cool in colder climates. Right. So the way um, earth building techniques have responded to that situation in colder climates around the globe is that they have developed light earth techniques where you have mixes with light aggregates that increase the R value but still give you a little bit of thermal mass in the walls that stores heat. And we have responded to changes in the building code um, and, you know, H1 energy efficiency requirements because we have found that the heavy mud bricks, you can comply, but it's just not quite good enough without exterior insulation. So we've started developing a light earth load-bearing mud brick, which um, is half the weight and has got a much better R value and um, can be used at 280 wide walls or 430 wide walls. So that's one option or additional exterior insulation maybe on the south side would be another solution. Um, and then you can use it in cold climates. I, a lot of people ask me, is it good in wet climates? And I think it's particularly good in wet climates because of the dehumidifying effect. So, yeah. Yeah, because most people, I guess the immediate concern there is that they're going to dissolve or they're going to absorb lots yeah. of rain. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you took the roof off and water would be pooling on top of the wall, eventually the walls would, you know, go back to, back to nature. And personally, there's something I like about them. Yeah. But if they have the roof on them, they last pretty much indefinitely. And yeah, right. if you maintain them, I mean, the oldest st- structures on the planet are earth buildings and they're thousands of years old. So We're talking like um, South America and... Yeah, the Middle East or even even Europe has got like 500, 800-year-old buildings that still stand and are still inhabited. But I'll just tell you a little story about a a bathroom. Um, We've just recently gone back to a building that was built in the 90s and it has been resold and the new owners said, oh, these, you know, the people that built the house, they they uh, painted the bathroom with an acrylic paint because they wanted to seal the walls because they were worried about moisture, right. like vapor. Yep. It, it wasn't where the shower is. You wouldn't put that into the shower, but they were wor- worried about the vapor. And 
there was condensation on the acrylic paint and they just didn't feel that the new owners didn't feel that that was that cool. And <laughs> we scraped it all off and just exposed the raw earth walls. And now that room is dry. They don't have any condensation on, on their mirrors and it just feels really good. There's no mildew anymore. It's all good because, wow. yeah, it can handle a lot of water vapor. Um, it's, when you look at it under a microscope, it's like a stack of cards. All the clay particles are like mm -hmm. these little plates mm -hmm. and they can absorb a lot of water vapor without dissolving. Like it's, it's more efficient than a, a, an industrial strength dehumidifier. And then when, you know, when your humidity levels drop, it can let it out again. Which kind of makes sense because they actually use fine clay to, as a self-repairing um, moisture barrier under in certain situations, don't they? Yeah. In yeah. Um, well, things like landfill, and yeah. where you need to have a, a moisture barrier underground, that if it gets penetrated for any reason, it will kind I mean, of repair that itself. Is a bit, it's a bit different because that actually absorbs moisture and then it swells, and that's yeah. how it seals. But the water vapor is different; it can just sort of go in and then go back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's amazing. It, so in a bathroom, yeah. just Bare yeah, walls it's really, really fine. good. Yeah, and there's a lot of research done in Germany that proves that. You know, they, they use earth plasters and earth walls in situations where there's moisture problems inside homes. And I love the fact that you are quite strong, obviously from your architectural background and training, on the science. And and in your website, you've got the standards that are, are downloadable there, which if people are interested, they can go and have a look at what those R values are because they're, they're, um, they're written up and you've got the, the specifications for, and all the, um, brands, well, it's not appraisal, is it? But it's the brand, no, it's yeah. the Adobe brick specification, which is yeah. cited in the, the sites, the standard. So, you know, that kind of dispels, I think another myth, which is, it's a bit out there, kind of hippie, greeny, um, <laughs> you know, non-scientific. Yeah. There's a lot of science there. Yeah, there's a lot of science. I mean, overseas, there's even more science. And because I have come from the German background, I'm quite keen on the science. Yeah. Um, the reason why there's not no brands appraisal is because um, earth, the raw material is very variable. So you can't standardize it yeah. easily. Yeah. So the way that the earth building standards get around that is that they prescribe a set of tests and us, like we as um, producers of mud bricks, for example, we have to do these tests every so often, every 5,000 bricks we produce, we have to run the tests again, just to document that even if our materials change a little bit, that we still comply. Yep. So we're not doing a full brands appraisal, but we constantly test and make sure that you know, it's it's good. And if people make their own mixes from local clays, they have to do the same in order to obtain building consent. And so, and does that, that satisfy most councils? Council. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the building code. So if, yeah. like some councils have not encountered it or there's new people there that haven't encountered it and then you have to educate them a little bit. But honestly, like we have not had any any trouble receiving building consents for earth buildings at all. Now, you yeah. mentioned that uh, Australia was a little bit different. What, what are the key differences over there? Um, 
I think the climate is quite different. So, you know, their focus is more on, on cooling in summer and um, fireproofing and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of their, they do a lot of earth, um, mud bricks and, and rammed earth. And it's, it's just a bit, the, the climatic conditions are different. So their design is a bit different. Right. Yeah. Now, it sounds to me like, the design is a pretty important aspect if you're considering using um, mud bricks or or earth uh, to get all those protections right and, and someone who's who's going to be able to go and look at those standards. What would you recommend to people if they are um, considering a, a new build and they want to find out more about using earth? Um, probably <laughs> like one of the really good things that the Earth Building Association does once a year is the Natural Building Conference on Labour Weekend. And mm-hmm. that is a really good starting point for people that are interested because it's often or to, yeah, every year it's a gathering of people that do a lot of earth building and yep. new people. So it is a good mix of people sharing stuff really. And since I've become the chairperson, I've really encouraged all earth builders that are part of the Earth Building Association to scale share and book through solutions and, and really work together with each other um, and not fall into that trap of, uh, you know, it's a small industry and we're competitors. Yeah. And I, I'm really quite proud of of everyone, you know, how they work together in, in that respect. Um, sometimes when you have Often, you know, the designers, for example, they at the moment we are revising the earth building standards, and that has been an amazing process because there's designers on it, on the committee, there's um, structural engineers, there's producers of earth building materials and builders, and just looking at problems from all those different points of view um, creates really good solutions. Yep. So yeah. there's obviously no shortage of designers uh, here that can. Uh, are familiar with earth building? I mean, you sort of come across the same names when you look into it. But, right. yeah, there is there is quite a good selection of designers. And I find that, you know, if designers are open to the idea, if they look at the earth building standards, they're actually really easy to understand. Right. So it, it is not a big complicated thing. It's yep. It's quite straightforward. And I would encourage more designers to look at these standards. And the other thing I do with my business is that I talk to designers of uh, timber frame buildings and I suggest to incorporate earth building elements into timber frame buildings as thermal mass walls or just inside features instead of going the whole nine yards. Yeah, right. So you don't have to do the whole house. And you mentioned that in one of your videos on your site as well, that it's actually a, a viable retrofit option that people can add some earth into their house to improve the thermal performance of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, people should check those out uh, as well because there's great um, just two videos I think you've got on your homepage <laughs> yeah. at the moment which give a, a really nice uh, insight in, well, to, to you. <laughs> I can see you on there. Yeah. But also just to see some of the possibilities. I, I think people definitely – probably have a vision um, if you're listening to this of what an earth building might look like but like you say it doesn't have to look like one particular style and there's some there are some pretty modern um, contemporary designs in there that uh, you know you can really 
be be across any any sort of style. Yes, and I mean again, influenced by the European experience, um, earth, especially earth plasters in Europe are really sort of stylish, natural solutions for you know, yeah, people that are really style conscious. Yeah. So yeah, and they're you know, yeah, if you have allergies or. All all these things that you know, I just it, it's a really good solution if if you want to cut cut that out it creates a really healthy living environment yeah. that looks looks different you look stunning yeah which we we haven't even touched on all all those <laughs> but, but hey you, there's some great websites there um your website obviously um and then the the building sorry the Earth Building Association website would be great resources they've got heaps of information. Where can people find out more about you, Verena, or get in touch with you? So they, I mean, they can get in touch through the website, which is solidearth.co.nz, um, and I'm on LinkedIn. And if they just want to go to the Earth Building Association and check out um, the Natural Building Conference that is happening on Labor Weekend, that's earthbuilding.org.nz. And, yeah. I, I will be there, and it's always a really good opportunity to pick people's brains. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, and yeah. you're you're on Facebook as well. Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. Under, Great. Uh, so Facebook uh, slash Earth Building. Yeah, believe. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Brian. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's a, it's a great insight. I I confess to to not knowing much about solid Earth, um, but I. I kind of can relate to that experience that you've started out with when you first see one of these buildings, you just want to reach out and touch it. Yeah, it is very tactile and yeah. um, the colors are very inviting and warm. Yeah, and I have stayed it, in one and it was it was a very pleasant yeah. experience. Was it in, in the Golden Bay? Um, I have stayed in one in Golden Bay and I've also stayed yeah. in one in um, in Nelson and in, in around close to where you are. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a few in Nelson because yeah. I mean we've had the uh, brickyard in Nelson since '91, yeah, run, run by different people. So that has really helped promote the building material yeah. in this region. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Matthew. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Verena Mater there from Solid Earth. Hey, I don't know about you, but that certainly changed my perspective on earth building. I had a a bit of a, I guess, a, an older perspective of that. Very old, in fact. I had associated earth building with sort of ancient history and really interesting thinking about more modern history of the, some of the New Zealand examples that have been around and are still standing. And in fact, after we stopped recording, I stayed on the line with Rita for a, uh, Rita for a while because um, we got talking about uh, Christchurch and and. A couple of examples down there, and one of the advantages we didn't talk about was the seismic uh, strength of earth buildings. And there was a couple of cases in Christchurch of some houses that stood up much better than some of their neighbouring uh, properties that didn't really hold up to the, the vibrations and acceleration forces at all. So really uh, amazing building material, really. And obviously with a bit of a stigma, but I really like the idea of maybe using earth building for just part of a home to add some thermal mass into a into a building, either an existing one or, or a new build. 
Hey, uh, if you like that interview, something you could really do to help out would be to head on over to homestylegreen.com and leave a comment. The All the show notes will be available at homestylegreen.com slash 80. That's uh, slash 80. And we'd also love it if you leave a comment on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash homestylegreen. Um, be great to, yeah, just leave a comment there, maybe paste some photos or... Or, um, yeah, be really keen to find out if, if you'd be at all interested in incorporating some earth building into your project. For more on Verena and um, uh, other people involved in that industry, head on over to solidearth.co.nz, that's solid earth or one word, or earthbuilding.org.nz. Just before we go, thanks uh, once again to our sponsors for this show. That is Nadora. Check them out, 0800 Nadora. That's 0800 683 Tune in again next week. Got lots more episodes and uh, lots more great interviews coming up. But for now, go make a better place to live. 